Lewis. Look at the big up. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy. And then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. The AGM's out of the way, the jumper numbers have been shuffled around and there's little left to do now but kick back, relax and enjoy the silly season. Welcome to the Hawk Talk Podcast Holiday Special for 2019, our final pod for the year. My name is Nick Mason and joining me is a man who reported a sighting of a big jolly man in red that just turned out to be Stewie Dew. G'day Tiz. Yeah, easily mistaken for Santa but a little bit too early. He's still got the Santa Claus weight, you can see how the mistake could be made. And he's still reminiscing. As are we, we have the whole off season to reminisce. Do you know how many watches of the 08 Grand Final we could stick on between now and next season? <laughs> good fun. Uh, it's excellent looking at some of the ladders on how good we've been for the last 10 years or the last decade. Oh, the media's struggling, aren't they? They don't know what to do with themselves at the moment. Somehow Geelong still get propped up at the top of that. Anyway, they've got to include finals, man. It's just well, home and away ladder. Who cares? These ladders, such as that one, it just highlights Geelong's shortcomings and how they can't get the job done on the big stage. Yeah. I'm always curious as to how Geelong supporters perceive these things when they come out, but don't I remember, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care, because the fact is, we are at the end of the decade, and Hawthorne reigns supreme as the best club of the past 10 years. And the AGM, we're just looking ahead and getting bigger and better. Oh, we've got so much to say about the AGM. Before we get to that, though, the social media stuff we've got to get through. Apple Podcasts, you can find us on there, rate and review us on there. Uh, 212 or 213 ratings, actually, now it is. We got another one. Got another one. And who played exactly 213 games for Hawthorne? Is that a thing I should know? Just off the top of my head? No, I think that'd be perfectly unreasonable for me to expect <laughs> you to know that. Because I didn't. I had to do a bit of research myself. It's John Peck. Oh, wow. The elite number 23. Vice captain of Hawthorne's historic 1961 premiership team. Our very first. And uh, quite the forward. Didn't start there, though. He played all over the park. He played ruck at some point. Centre-half back, centre-half forward. But you're right in saying he did find his niche as a forward. Uh, he was the first Hawthorne player to win the leading VFL goal-kicking award. And in fact, is three years running, 63, 64, 65, he was the Coleman medalist. Well, they weren't presented at the time, mm. but they've gone back to the AFL and presented them. Oh, the AFL's mad for that. Yeah. So they've done that a few times. Yeah, they actually. really have, yeah. Now, 1960, Peck actually ended our 35-year drought at Victoria Park. My dad's told me about this. Has he? Yeah, I don't think he ventured to Victoria Park because mm. it wasn't exactly the nicest spot on earth. It still isn't. But uh, the radio, I believe. Yeah, right. So he kicked the winning goal to help us over the line against the Pies. After the siren? Drought. Was it after the siren? I think I've, I've read it was after the siren. Yeah, that's what I thought. I yeah. hope that's accurate. Talk about folklore. That's a pretty famous moment in uh, in Hawthorne's history, I guess. 35 years to topple that with one kick. It's pretty good. But he really made the 23. He began his career in it, ended his career in it. It's interesting that not many players do that anymore. I Tim O'Brien is on his way, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to be anointed by the club to get certain numbers now. And it's an interesting philosophy whether you should make the number your own. What do you think? So much foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about this episode. Well, I, it was just something that came to me that uh, I yeah. think it's a bit much that uh, Mitch Lewis has been moved 
what, three times between numbers? How dare you? We've got plenty to say on that, especially Mitch Lewis. I'm really quite annoyed that you uh, would make such a point. <laughs> But I'm not ready to contradict it at this time. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Twitter, at HawkTalkPod, climbing towards 2,000 followers. It'd be great if we could hit that by the end of the year. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And Patreon, subscribe and support the show so we can make it bigger and better in 2020. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. So this was your first AGM, Nick? My first ever AGM. It has to be one of the worst I've attended. <laughs> Some would be surprised that it took me this long, but no, this is my first one. Why I was it the worst? I don't think many would be surprised. It's not exactly a draw card. I know, you know, Hawthorne Podcasts. You get something seems... free from the club here. <laughs> get a drink when you go to the Glenfrey Hotel after. True, yep. Not often the Hawthorne Footy Club stumps up with freebies. Especially when they've got Dingley to pay off. You're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> That's a surprise. But it's interesting to know that those uh, Kenneth donates all his time, doesn't he? It's not paid. Why was this so boring for you? How did it differ from years past? Oh, in the past we've had uh, players awarding other players uh, honours. Like life membership and stuff like that. Yeah, and so that's entertaining in and of itself. The players, you get to experience the relationship they have that you really don't normally see in the media. Mm. And I think we only had one life membership awarded this year Mm -hmm. and... As Scotty didn't turn up, well, that was a little entertaining, but that's more entertaining from a, what, what would you say, dysfunctional a entertainment. Soap opera perspective. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later, but mm. that was that was an awkward and tense moment. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought this AGM, contrary to the expectations that you set for me, was short and sharp. I didn't think it, it is. Was... It is. It was. But in the past, we've had Kokoda trips, and the boys come back and tell us how they and how that, they went. Granted, on Granted, that does and... sound interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Clarko, we didn't have any of that. Clarko leads it. You know, he he gives you a bit background about some of the fellas. And this year, we just had. Uh... I mean, we didn't even get introduced to John Patton, who was yeah, ill was and night. wasn't there. Yep. But some of the other boys, Frost and. Hartley have come across, they didn't even get up on stage, nope. which is odd, but we got introduced to the new recruits. Yeah, the draftees. Yeah. And Clarko played interviewer. So you're going to go again? Would I go again to the AGM? Yeah, I'd go again. Or do you want a rundown of what they're going to do? <laughs> well, if you're going to have players in the room, maybe... Now, they do make the bulk of the audience. <laughs> yeah, they did. As well as legends of the club and past players. You know, they fill up the front there. Yeah. So... I'm going to lead straight into the Scotty debacle. Okay, all right. I had more to say. Can I just jump in and say, if you're going to have players and some pretty key members of the club there, it could afford to be a bit more entertaining. I'll say that. It seems like a missed opportunity. It's not really for entertainment, is my I point. Know, I know, I know. It's for airing of grievances, which they do, <laughs> yeah. and financial matters, which are disgustingly boring. Mm. And dutifully so, because that's exactly what we want them to be. If if that's entertaining, you're in trouble. <laughs> exactly right. You don't want the figures to be exciting, because <laughs> it could be exciting in precisely the wrong way. More often than not. And if they, even if they are in a good way, yeah. the AFL's coming for your cash, because <laughs> you're not allowed to make too much. No news is good news, basically, <laughs> when it comes to the AGM. But uh, unfortunately, I mean, the elephant in the room was the guy who wasn't in the room, Yes, Don Scott. So, Kenneth sort of tried to not hit the nail on the head early, mm. kill it as a conversation. Yeah. Well, he couldn't hide from it. It no. had to be said. So, in his address, he spoke about uh, cultural icons for the Hawthorne Footy Club mm-hmm. and how no one was bigger than the club and that they were all devoted to the club and that they were just uh, 
the club was in their hands for some time, mm-hmm. just as the players were at the club for some time, but you've got to make the club better or, find, or leave it better than you found it. So essentially what you're saying is he took a run-up. He had a running start to what he actually wanted to talk about. Yeah, you know, sowing the seeds. <laughs> yeah. Interesting that he put it in terms of family club, mm-hmm. tried to bring Day and McGuinness into the conversation there, <laughs> just weaving this tapestry of wholesomeness mm. and then it's calculated wasn't it oh yes very politically canny yeah yeah wonder where he got that from <laughs> <laughs> he could have done with a bit more of it anyway <laughs> uh he's talking about loyalty to the membership and that the only people they really have to satisfy are the members that's right which is something he took aim at the afl for uh all their changes to rules and certainly the halftime thing he thinks they're sold out to the tv rights and the sponsors. He thinks it's just impractical for the people that enjoy the game, which yeah. is which is right. But you know. writ bold above this was, we won't be beholden to Scotty, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? Okay, so first of all, I don't particularly have a passionate allegiance to either side. I, I don't really have a commitment to any argument one way or the other, so I'm quite the fence-sitter on this, and I like do to play you, devil's do advocate. Do you feel that that uh, the implication that Scott feels he's bigger than the club is... That might be a little bit dramatic. Well, that's that's the underlying premise of what Kenneth's saying. Yeah, I, I think that's how they feel, yep. Um, that they won't be dictated to. Well, correct, yeah. I think that's their position. Here's what I imagine has happened, okay. So the club has taken the site of the AGM as particularly sentimental to someone like Scott, who had a profound off-field influence as well as on-field. And they have overestimated uh, Don Scott's enthusiasm for being presented in that context. Well, hang on. The committee that awards these things recommended that he receive it at a function that Mm -hmm. wasn't the AGM. Okay. And the board received that recommendation and then decided that they wanted it at the AGM instead. Can you tell me, though, why they would... Stipulate that? Yes. No, because there's no... Good reason? There's also no precedent for it at all. Do you see where I'm coming from, though? I think that they've defied the recommendation with the expectation that Don Scott would actually quite like it to be at the AGM. Turns out that's not the case, and then now you've got this conflict where it's like, well, we've made the offer, and then you've said no, but now if we back down that looks bad for the club. Well, we look weak. It's not the first time so. Scotty would have stared down a board, no. a Hawthorne board, True. got them to change their mind, <laughs> or even enlisted the help of the members to get stuff changed. Mm. I would say that we're going to reach a point where they're going to declare a new event. Scotty will get his way. It's a big call. I mean... At, at what point will this happen? Well, I believe Scott and Kennett are going to be on that podcast with Sam and uh, and Mike Sheehan. God, do you listen to that? No, but I've heard that he's going to be on, because he's on 3OW. Yep, great. Well, that'll be fireworks. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine them Okay, the Boomer, room? the podcast. If I can't I, think of anything worse. If only, he'd ter- if only he'd turned up at the AGM and just had the conversation. Yeah. And not... If only Scott turned up and had the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, but that'd be him turning up. Rather than Russell Green standing up and having a go at Jeffrey. 
Which was interesting in of itself. It was interesting for a lot of reasons. Timing was an interesting thing because it feels like well, last... he waited till all the business was done. So, well, I, mean, I think you don't yeah. want to you don't want to take over the AGM before all the club's business is is provided for. No, nah, and he it. waited for Garvey to get his one year extension to stay yeah, on. I guess, yeah, against the limitations of the constitution. I feel like Russell Green had his platform and didn't take it. And what do you then, think he should have thrown an open to the quorum and had a vote at the time? You know what? I do. I do actually think of that. Because Kennett, as you so rightly say, made a point of saying throughout the evening, not just on the Don Scott stuff, that it's all about the members. We're beholden to the members and we uh, execute things in accordance to the wishes of our members. And the one thing that they didn't do on such a polarising topic, one that Let's filled the room... throw it open to the members. That's right. It filled the room with a lot of tension that could have easily been solved then and there. Because if it's up to the members, why don't you ask them? We're all here. Well, I mean, not all 80,000, but the ones that are keen to have showed up yeah. who might be interested in this sort of thing, we're here. You, you want to ask us what we think? But I think we know what the people in attendance thought because, because they, didn't they didn't say, say anything. a damn thing. So I think that Don Scott is in the wrong, according to at least the membership base that we're at This the is AGM. our highest honour that mm-hmm. we can bestow, mm-hmm. and you're telling us we have to give it to you at your place of choosing. Me, personally, I don't like that. I think that's a little ridiculous. How often in life do you get that sort of indulgence? Which is why there'll be a halfway house, and it'll be paid for, and the club will make a whole lot of money out of it. Well, when you put it like that, I could see that happening. But would it be in response specifically to Don Scott? Do you think this is like genius level marketing? No. <laughs> no, I don't think this is 4D chess. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say that and move on? Well, well you don't want to talk about it anymore. No, I'm What's done. your opinion? What's your part, opinion? Part of, me, um, part of me feels that Scotty was very ill a couple of months or in the last three months. Mm. And, um, geez, it wouldn't have been great if uh, he'd passed before he'd received this award with this sort of cloud hanging over it. So I mm. hope they I hope they get through it pretty quickly and just get this done. Because he does deserve it. He saved the club. But if you're And it's the same defiance. If you're sitting it's across the same defiance and stupid bloody mindedness mm. that kept the club going <laughs> that has led us to this moment here. If you're sitting across from Jeff Kennett right now, I'll play the part of Jeff. Oh here we go. <laughs> I won't do the voice. But you said to me just then they should get it done and they should recognise him, Jeff would say, well, we want to. Well, The only thing stopping this is Don. That's what he would say. I would say to Jeff, 20 years ago, you made some really bad decisions and thought you were right and you were going to get get through this. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to think back to that time, what you would have done better mm. if you wanted to maintain power. Yep. And, um, you know, perhaps this is another moment where you could just sort of tone it down a bit. He's got an awful lot of support. Not sure he does. You don't think so? Everyone on that stage behind him at the AGM? Nah. Didn't say a word? Everyone in the crowd didn't say a word? Well, that's why I was so surprised. So what's so surprised to be ambushed by one of our own? No, by Brax. Oh, okay, I get you. I think his ego's overcome him a bit. And uh, it's not up to him to dictate to Scotty where he can have his award. That's where I think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, again, I just want to stress, I don't care enough about this to take up any position definitively, but I think the idea of the recipient of the award dictating where they just receive it... Just make it a win-win situation. Okay, well, go on. What do you mean? Just make it a win-win. 
let Scotty have his have his mates there, which is what he wants. He wants to celebrate mm. with the people that means something to him. Yep. Which obviously isn't the members and the people that are allowed to wander in at an AGM. <laughs> what the great unwashed? That's the inference, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He That's want, appalling. He wants some premium to this event, <laughs> and you can sell some tickets to get the club closer towards the Kennedy Center. Okay. Win, win, win. Yep. All right. You've you've tried to troubleshoot it. For and them. also, I don't think that in future. We want to be awarding these things at AGMs anyway. What's the point? Like I said, I think they got here by mistake. Can it goes? It's our most important meeting. That that's my point. I think they did this accidentally, and they overestimated Don Scott's keenness. <laughs> they they underestimated him, like how yeah. stoic he would be. I, I guess yeah. Boggles the mind. It was a mistake. This so is a bloke that didn't speak to anyone in Hawthorne for a whole year <laughs> in the eighties. Yeah. It was a mistake, granted, <laughs> but now we're here and now you've got two stubborn forces, you know, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, and it's just, I think what you've done, you've troubleshooted it quite well. If they could try and spin it to make a profit, <laughs> but also they don't want it to be a knee-jerk response bowing down to Scott's whims. That's, that's the thing to get around here. Scotty doesn't need it. Well, what do you mean? He doesn't need it. He's happy. It doesn't seem happy. No, he's happy without it. He doesn't need it. He's on the record saying it means very little to him. What means stuff to him is the emotional connection he has with his fellow players. If you have to comment on it, it means something to you. Maybe. No maybe about it. I reckon I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's plenty of other things to discuss at this AGM. Yeah. Do you want to talk about something else besides Don Scott this podcast? Yeah, sure. Let's go on to gaming. This will be much more fun. (laughs) Well, you said yourself, AGM's all business. Now, one of the former players put his hand up to ask this question about the gaming and how we're going to get away from it. Yeah, he asked that question right after Jeff Kennett addressed it, which was infuriating. <laughs> um, is that what it's like every AGM, where the questions are just rubbish? Because no. everything that was asked was just absolute shite. No, his his aim was to actually get on record whether there was a plan or not. Jeffrey had just trundled over it very briefly in the with the idea or the aim that Hawthorne would eventually uh, get away from gaming, what he was demanding was, is there actually a plan? Have you actually spoken Mm. about it? Or is it just like this nice little thing we we put at the end of our documents? So That was the aim of the question. So essentially trying to grill Jeff Kennett on... No, just trying to tack him down to make sure it's not just words. And it was just words, (laughs) wasn't it? Because there's absolutely no plan laid out. And the dare to be different and whatever other committees, the finance committees, <laughs> yeah. are just thinking about ways that they can counteract losing that money in the event that we get out of gaming. Because it's about $4 million. Yeah. And that is, the, if you take that out, we're no longer financial. Well, we're, we're in the red by $2 million, apparently. Yeah. So if we just snapped our fingers, Thanos style, and just got rid of all our gaming ties, <laughs> yeah. uh, we would be in the red by $2 million. So can't then, do it and get the Kennedy Center. That's right. So then it falls to, as Jeff was saying, it falls to the club, the board, etc. To so they're going to find and, other revenue streams. Yeah, try and brainstorm ways around that. Yeah, and basically they've been brainstorming for a little while now. <laughs> well, it's a lot of money. Hence the question from the yeah, core. Yeah, the guy wants it pinned down a bit yep. more. And fair enough, but it's a lot of money. Like, do you have the answer? No. You'd have to look at their books to to try and do it. 
And Jeff's not going to lay that out in an AGM. It'd take all night. Don't you think it's good that someone pushes him, though, on it? I mean, if he just put that out there and okay, I think left it's, it. I think it's good to hold him accountable, but I think it's asking too much. I thought there should have been far more questions at the AGM. I would rather yeah, have I, them. Yeah, I agree. I would rather have them pinned down on certain topics. I'd like certain um, de- uh, board members to be questioned on their actual roles. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, they'll just you, sat up there nice and mute. Yeah. I mean, what have the Dare to Be Different committee been doing for all that time? But this is my point. If you're going to have a committee and then put them in front of you know the attendees, have them say something, just do something. You know, that, shouldn't they be more than something that's written down in, in an annual report? No, they are there if they if the question comes up. That's what they're there for. But that's what I'm saying. That's why you need to ask questions. Exactly. But no one did, as you so rightly point out. The questions were asked were terrible. And also, Kenneth has a fairly demeaning uh, way of handling any questioner. No, no, he doesn't because the he slaps them down every time. Because they were rubbish. They deserved it. A couple of them did. A couple of them did not. Mate, there were three questions for the entire night. No, there weren't. There was that guy who had two questions at the start. <laughs> the typos. Yeah, okay. So that, that's when the trouble started. Are you a time traveller? Oh, my good Lord. That is when the trouble started. The first question <laughs> asking if Jeff Kennett was, was a time, time traveller. <laughs> that's how the evening effectively opened after Jeff Kennett's address. Uh, I thought, oh, I brought Nick along to this. He is going to be quite peeved. I thought, what is this question? And it turned out to be that a guy was holding the, the AGM yeah, like they the report. They dated it wrong, yeah. And, and there were some typos in it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the opening question <laughs> from a guy who pays money to support this club. It is incredible that the, the time-wasting ability of these people. And again, there wasn't many of them. Well, we might like be able to get some questions. money back from KPMG who meant to order the bloody thing. <laughs> it was just... You have the president at the lectern, and that's how you use his time. It's, in, it's incredible. And then, of course, Kenneth slapped him down, which, of course, then sent a shockwave through the entire place not to ask questions because they felt like they were going to be smacked down similarly. There you go. But it's not true. Just don't be a dead shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is so... <laughs> Just don't be stupid. Just... No OCDs. Is that it? <laughs> no, it's not just an OCD thing. It's think about it. Think it through. This is your platform. You can go toe-to-toe with the president of your football club. He also had a go at a guy at a guy that was running the mic. He told him to hurry up to get to the next question. Yeah, because he was pissed off at that point oh, by, just, by the amount of no, rubbish he was copying from the members. I think they need Harford to uh, receive the questions and then direct them to the appropriate authority on stage. Jeez, talk about too many cooks. I mean, why do you need an intermediary in half? That's exactly why. (laughs) You're not going to change Jeff's demeanour. If he's getting a terrible question, he's going to smack that person I've been to a few. He's the same every time. Jeff is Jeff. He's not changing for anyone, whether you've got Harford as a mediator or not. Tell you what was an interesting moment. Mm. When he invoked the name Essendon, talking about the AFLW. It was interesting, yeah. Apparently, we have achieved some kind of synergy in oh. our <laughs> hatred for the AFL denying us an do, AFLW team. Do Essendon know about this? Oh, yes. Do you reckon, yeah. do you reckon the he's clubs... Talked, he's actually sort of um, spoken of it yep. in the past. So, so, the, so the clubs have potentially collaborated on this particular issue? Well, we're looking at 2023, mm. which is still ages. It's a long time. Yeah. So everyone else gets a leg up, and we provide good players for them out of the VFLW. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and uh, eventually we turn up and we're missing all the opportunities for sponsorship. Yep. Don't forget this was our choice. Well, no, it wasn't our choice. In some respects, we elected to grow from grassroots and now I think it's taking a little bit longer to... uh, to enter that next phase of our evolution. And it's, it's well, we're being discriminated against, aren't we? We are now, but it, yeah, we might be paying for that initial misstep on our part. By misstep, do you mean the non-application for an AFLW side? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a misstep in terms of um, our stated focus was, you know Colossal what? Colossal stuff up. <laughs> we're, we're not Then go- put through the marketing guru, you know handbag and they come out with this actually we're going to do it from grassroots it wasn't actually a stuff up we want to build it from the bottom if you say so it is if you say absolutely so. <laughs> all they had to do was submit the form anyway and now you think we've we've missed the train and now we're paying for it we're just we're not only that i don't think they wanted us in there mm. but geez we've made it easy we've made it easy for hawthorne to be benched basically yep. for the time being yep. yeah well fair enough but Kenneth did use the word uh, discriminatory or discriminated against. Yeah. I'm thinking of starting a Kickstarter, mm. right? Just to buy a shovel for the Hawthorne Football Club <laughs> to take down to Dingley. <laughs> Have they actually... <laughs> Done anything? <laughs> <laughs> They've got some new soil down there. Did you read that? They're getting... Getting new soil. Oh, they haven't yet. <laughs> That's a 2020 project. And it's going to be really good soil. <laughs> the best soil. Hey, don't out-Trump me. <laughs> If there's any Trump impressions on this program, it's all me. That's that's basically what they told us. Yep. Yeah, the community centre. It used to be the Kennedy Centre. Now it's the Kennedy Community Centre. Did Cha-ching. you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to get some funds in. Hello, local government. <laughs> that's all. That's what it's all about. And the estimates have gone up in how much it's going to cost. Surprise, but anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but that's... You, you seem a bit annoyed, Tiz. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Did you have any questions for them at the AGM? You didn't, did you? That was your time. That was your moment. I know. And it like was. everyone else, you sat there I in silence. Squibbed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you shirked the contest, mate. <laughs> yeah. Who did he have a go at? Jarman Impey for talking during his address. He was, he was in a mood, Jeff. After those questions, he was in a mood, a playful but snipey one. And uh, it, it just the room had a weird energy about it. We got a bugger me dead out of him. <laughs> what was that in response to? The guy with the typos. Oh, right. Well, of course. That makes sense. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, is there much more to say? Obviously, Don Scott did dominate things as a talking point. We've covered the gaming stuff, which um, y- you would like them pressed on a bit more. I think their hands are tired. If if Dingley wasn't a thing, we'd be out of there. But it is, so we're not. No, I don't think it has anything to do with Dingley. You don't? No. Uh, what affording that wouldn't come into calculations for you, or well, I mean, it's a pressing issue on it, but I don't think they'd do it otherwise. No, Even if we didn't that. have this big cost in Dingley coming up, they still wouldn't have got rid of it because they'd still they'd be unfinancial. No, I don't know about that. Anyway, that's an alternate timeline. The fact is, we do have Dingley, and that changes everything. Then we got a great address from Bre- Greg Boxall, probably the uh, the highlight of the evening, easily, certainly the most fun, receiving life membership. Uh, yeah, he was a been fantastically involved. entertaining speaker. Yeah, been involved with the club since 88. Not mm-hmm. a bad time to arrive. And then got turfed in 90... Was it 96? or uh, No, 93. Mm-hmm. He got turfed. They didn't have enough money for him. And then he was back at the club in uh, 96 under his mate, Judgey. 
assistant recruiting manager. Then Bacanara came along and he picked up Ruffy, Franklin and Lewis in the draft. Mm -hmm. They picked up Hodge prior to that. Rioli as well. He was around for as well. They overlooked Mitchell for a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> needs, to be, needs to be said. Yeah, well, it can't be 100% perfect. It all worked <laughs> out in the end. Then Wrighty came along in uh, 07. Mm. Mm. Picked up Cyril with his first pick. It's mm -hmm. not a bad start. <laughs> so Graham Wright introduced him, and uh, he was a thoroughly entertaining fella. Wasn't that wasn't there a quote about Cyril like, well, we got Cyril, and when you get a guy like Cyril, you don't need to draft anyone else. <laughs> you go home after that. <laughs> that was one of my highlights for the evening. So, and Jager Ramirez got the Cheer Squad Award. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. Whatever that means. Uh, well, is the that Cheer just Squad a, gives out an award. Is and it just a popularity contest? It's not based on anything in particular, or I think it's voted on. But yeah, okay, all right. Don't know about the criteria on that one. Clarkson interviewed the new recruits. Yeah. Uh, Did you as, like as we, as any of upon? the uh, any of the nicknames? Uh, not particularly. Ro um, Roy Emerson Jecker. Roy could stick, maybe. I guess. I think that's going to be lost on younger people coming through. Um, jo Josh Tank Morris just seemed mean. <laughs> <laughs> what was the meaning behind that one? Oh, it was uh, meant to be about Jeff Morris, who mm. was one of the recruiting guys. Um, his nickname was Tank, so right. they were going to put that moniker on. Uh, young Josh, but uh, he didn't seem to take too kindly to it. <laughs> oh, the, None I, of them reacted very well. No, I think the boys are all a bit nervous. The, the worst one mm. was, but also the funniest, was, uh, you remember this? Yeah, I know what you're going to say. For Harry Pepper. Oh, I forgot about this one. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> so Clarko's wife has told him that he's not allowed to call Harry Pepper Pig. <laughs> no. So Clarko's decided he's going to call him George because that's Peppa Pig's brother. <laughs> I think that could stick. That could be all right. I thought we you were going to go with uh, Tommy. Send Tommy Will Day for Will Day. How did that work? Well, because, uh, you know, we've covered on this podcast and then they sort of elaborated on it at the AGM uh, where Thomas Will Day was the recruit that never was, that never showed up. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So now we have literally a guy called Will Day. <laughs> So just I'm gonna call him Tommy. You nicknamed him Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very long bow. It is, it is. But still I think it could work. And uh Finn McGuinness mentioned that he'd in fact been coached by Tim Shearer while he was at Scotch, mm. which is quite interesting. I have to say Finn was probably the most comfortable up there. Yeah, he was very happy to And and probably the most comfortable on field as well, dare I say, <laughs> when he finally does debut. He looks in good nick. You're excited to meet him too in the pub after? Does not look 18. <laughs> no, no, I think it's all comparative because he was standing next to Will Day. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> very different body types, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious. Mind you, Will was very nice to us. Oh, they both were. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, the thing is that the drinks at the Glenferry Hotel right after the AGM, you had the customary five-minute appear yeah. five appearance from the players. Five? If that. It's, I mean, someone's watch beeps. Wingard was terribly quick. Yeah, the, you have the watch beep. Someone's watch beeps, and that lets them know, all right, fellas, time to get out of here. Yeah. Now, who's the one that stays the longest? Well, we got a photo with him, so I know who it is. Yeah, go on. Tell the listeners. Isaac Smith. Loves it. <laughs> Do you know what I discovered? <laughs> yeah. One of his sponsors, mm. you know, for his lockers or whatever. Yeah. The Glenferry Hotel. So, there's... so we all thought he was nice. <laughs> Oh, come now. There's no need for that. <laughs> He's being paid to be there. No. No way. 
No, he's nice. <laughs> he, he's very nice, but he, he loves the chat as well. He loves it. He loves the limelight. Uh, we had a question from one of our listeners, Ross. Probably one for the AGM, but why doesn't Hawthorne give benefits to long-term members starting from 10 years? This is prompted by a member commenting that they'd been a member for 25 years and hadn't got one thing from the club. Free beer. If you attend the AGM and go to the Glenferry <laughs> Hotel after. Should a 25-year member desire more than a free beer at a function that the club puts on? Like what? I don't know. You tell me. You don't think they deserve anything more than that? No, I just wonder what, what he's after. So do I, because especially in the past decade, you got three flags, <laughs> and then you go a little bit further back, you got another one, so you can't say you're getting nothing from Hawthorne. I mean, it's a lot of money now, but at least it's we're seeing some reward. Well, it's, it's, it's money that no one's got a gun to your head. You pay it. Of like, course, Hawthorne could do something, rather than just the numbers on your bloody scarf or whatever. Well, incidentally, I did see on social media, I think it was either today or yesterday, just just someone that um, is in the Hawk Talk podcast feed, someone had like a certificate that was mailed out from the club congratulating them or thanking them for 10 years of membership. It just happened to coincide with this question we received. I'm like, I don't think I ever received that. Not that a certificate would mean much to me. I don't really care. But uh, Prefer an email, would you? <laughs> I just, whatever, I don't. I don't need it. I feel satisfied and proud that I can get to that number and I don't need a certificate to show it. I just feel proud within myself that I support the club for that long. But uh, I'm coming up to 25 years. Would I like something else? I'll tell you what I'd like, Tiz, a premiership. That's it. That's all I need from the club. Just a premiership. Just keep winning. Well, when you hit 50, mm. as Ash did last year, mm-hmm. you get invited to a luncheon. True, yeah. Meet some players. Yeah, you did mention that. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing. I think 50, fair enough. I mean, that's a long time. It is. It's a lot of service to the club financially, basically. Uh, but I would advise Ross to um, write to the Dare to Be Different committee. <laughs> Put them to the test, see what they actually do. <laughs> oh, I just want to attend. I think Ross needs to show up at the AGM and ask. that. See, that is an example of a good question that you could ask on the night. I don't think that's an unreasonable question to ask of the board. Give me more for being a 25-year member. I don't think it has How's to be that fra- gonna come I don't think that has to be phrased that way, and you know it. That's being perfectly <laughs> facetious on your part. That's how they're gonna hear it. I think you'd be I think you'd right, be I'll be Jeff. More, there's a lot of uh no, come on, I'll role be Jeff. Playing Let's this go. Episode. <laughs> uh Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great response. Good start, good start. Uh I'm a twenty five year member of the club. Love my hawks. I was wondering if Don't they- we all? I was wondering if there could be anything that you could do to celebrate my commitment, uh, 25 years of giving my hard-earned to the club. I was thinking there might be something you could do for for the rusted-on members and celebrate their commitment. Well, I might throw it open to the other board members. We have a dissatisfied customer. (laughs) Not getting enough out of the club. (laughs) Apparently the treble's not enough for... What was your name again? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, there's 13 cups lining the stage. Yeah, look, I know it's a bad look, okay? I'm aware of how it sounds. But also, I don't think it's that unreasonable. No, I, I think they could easily do something that... that, that uh, would, what, it's about the feedback loop, isn't it? It depends what you're asking for. If it, if it is like a certificate or like something tokenistic. Tokenistic discount, where they give yeah. you a discount after 25, but before you get there, they charge you more. <laughs> Hang in there, guys. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get that extra 10% off from Hawks. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Oh, God. Now, you must have been, uh, what's the word, desperate for Hawthorne stuff. It was a big week. 
<laughs> so you backed it up on the Thursday. Yeah, two days later. A little less official. Mm-hmm. It's not affiliated with the Hawthorne Footy Club yeah. in any way, shape or form, is it? Yeah, pretty much. So It was the Hawks reunion at the Carlton Brewhouse. Yeah, but what I'm saying is no holes barred, yeah. hearing a whole lot of stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't go. What did you learn? <laughs> it's hard to remember all of it. There was a lot to take in. That's why uh, you recorded. No, I didn't play record it. Play it back later. No, didn't record it in the end. <laughs> Mitchell, Hodge, uh, Lewis and Ruffy were the four. Uh, basically just in, in conversation type thing. Um, and there were like some silent auctions and things like that run by the company that hosted it all. Um, we heard from PJ, who also attended, I believe, at Hawk Talk Pod. Thoughts on Mitchell's and most of the guys' frankness speaking at the function last Thursday. Thought a couple of surprising things were brought up, including his hatred of Perth, the AFL pissing off coaches, Clarkson and Buddy's relationship being a factor as to why he left. Now, ooh, there's, there's some breadcrumbs there. Yeah, well, let's go with the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Why did he hate Perth? <sighs> I don't, he didn't really get into detail. Because he stressed that he liked the Eagles, did Sam Mitchell. He liked the club. But the, he didn't really elaborate on the fact that there was something about WA, sort of Perth in particular, that just didn't really sit well with him. I don't know. Don't really know what it was. He didn't get to the bottom of it. So there you go. You've, you've asked a great question. I don't have an answer for you. And the AFL. So let's go with the main one. Hmm. Clarkson, Buddy. What the hell went wrong? It was intimated that uh, Buddy... I mean, the main story with Franklin is that he didn't want to live in the fishbowl anymore. He seems like a pretty introverted guy, right? And he just didn't want that limelight. And in addition to that, it was intimated that Clarkson was becoming a bit difficult for him to deal with. Well, remember we heard a little while ago Mm. that uh, Buddy was not in good shape Mm. in 2013. Mm. He wasn't doing the work. This might all be part of it. Who knows? This is purely speculative. So there's a relationship breakdown... That leads to him leaving. A breakdown might be too strong a word. I, I I think, I can't remember which particular player mentioned it, but I think they would have underscored it and highlighted it if it was that serious. But I th- I feel like at various points throughout the evening, all four of them had something to say about Clarks and not being particularly the easiest guy at times to get on with. Of course not. No. He's demanding. Exactly. And that's that's what it was. They all say that about Hodgie. <laughs> and they, oh, and they say it about Sam. Mm. And um, Lewis. Yep. <laughs> and the Saints players will say it about Ruffin, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Hannabury will. <laughs> Very good. Poor Hannas. No, not poor Hannas. Imagine that. You, sir, with that attitude, you need to watch the replay again. No, I mean, imagine that. You're turning back, you know, you come to a new club. Yeah. Think you're away from him. <laughs> they sign him and the bloke that engineered it. <laughs> Ratten and Ruffy. All right, we're going to do some uh, drills. Hannah's? Where's Hannah's? <laughs> Tackling drills? Where's Dan Hannabury? <laughs> it's a bit fluey, is he? Oh, seems to always have something wrong. So, come on, what else What else happened? Well, you want me to dish the dirt? Yeah. Well, I couldn't afford the ticket, so... A, I, I will just, you know, to tie a bow on that Franklin thing, I, I would love to hear more about it. It was very um, vaguely sort of touched upon, the insinuation being that, you know, Clarkson... Demanding coach, buddy, not really into it at that stage in his life. I mean, he wanted to go to Sydney. I mean, that that's probably first and foremost. And then you've got a coach who's really cracking the whip on you. It's not fun. I think that's a little bit of uh, hokum because uh, he spoke to Sydney after the 2012 Grand Final, am I correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm saying this is all purely conjecture. This is 
this is what I can draw from what was said. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. So what about the good times? They must have talked about that, how friggin' fantastic it is to be four mates who've done everything. <laughs> they all seemed um, pretty friendly with one another still, as you'd expect. Uh, they have no problem taking the piss out of each other. Laid back, relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, they they enjoyed it. They enjoyed each other's company. Uh, I, I will say, to go the other way with Clarkson, um, highlighting just how good he is, which needs to be done at all times, uh, Hodge and Mitchell in particular being, uh, what, in that Schwab era, uh, and then facing that transition to Clarkson coming in, mm. they noted just how um, enlightened they had become purely through Clarkson's arrival at the club. They, they they talked at length about how much of a shambles Hawthorne was. Okay. Uh, well, even objectively, even having like sponsors noting this is the worst club oh. that we've been involved with. <clears throat> right. Wow. Yeah. And, and like just outside, like, you know. Come for the sponsor to say that. That's... Yeah. Well, I'm not going to name who it was, but, you know, just outside forces. Like Samsung. <laughs> I'm not saying. Outside forces <laughs> looking at Hawthorne around the early 2000s and just going, Ugh. Gee, wow. And the club didn't know any better. Yeah, I always felt we should get some hairdressers on board about that period. <laughs> it's a fair point too. But who would touch the club? That's why I want to... <laughs> according to Hodge and Mitchell, it sounded like it was in dire straits. Because it, what had happened was they'd faced uh, closure, obviously. You're coming off the whole merger period. Yeah. We made a prelim in 01. It's true. But what had happened was the, the, the club sort of doubled down. And tried to go back to really go back what to the, basics would be a wrong. What to the late eighties, the stuff that had worked. Correct, you've hit the nail on the head there. So there was a club ethos that went like, okay, we've really just got to get back to what worked, and what worked was that electrifying eighties period, but it was outdated. Right. So they sort of just were getting eclipsed in terms of professionalism, and and some of the uh, I guess the off field stuff. Right. Okay. So well, then, we weren't that fit. I remember that. That's right, because of habits that are more, you know, in line with what you do in the eighties. Okay, <laughs> if you get my meaning. Fair enough. Uh, so then, when Clarkson comes in, I think it was either Mitchell or Hodges said it was like they had been playing football blind. Right. Wow. And then they they were opened up to this whole new world of professionalism and working hard and being disciplined, and that as much as you know the new recruits that followed, mm-hmm. that was a big turning point for like the entire club. Huge workload for Clarko to actually shift mm-hmm. the entire club like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, he's hailed as a genius, but uh, to some extent, I don't think... His work ethic is unbelievable. Yeah. I think we'll, it'll be a while yet before we get the whole story, but you know, it's nights like this and, and really candid reflections like this from the players that underscore just how important Alistair Clarkson was. Do you think he asks more of his players than he asks of himself or that he demands of himself? I couldn't possibly know that. Uh, Clarkson seems critical on on himself, though. Yeah, I get that feeling. Yeah. Which enables you to have respect for the bloke. I mean, what was it? Was it last year or there was a certain point where he was really quite down in the dumps? About uh, round nine, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so he had to weather that within himself and try and bounce back from that. So I do get the impression that Clarko is also critical on himself. 
Did they shed any light on how they left the club? They did, yeah. I think it was um, a relief to hear that Hodgie took it a bit more seriously than perhaps people might think. You know, there's the temptation to think like, Hodgie's retired. Triple Premiership captain. Come on, it wouldn't have been an easy decision. Well, I I just want to underscore the idea that it wasn't a simple case of he's sitting on the couch and then Fagan's like, how do you want to play? And then Hodgie's like... Oh, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. Like, it wasn't, you know, it sounded fraught. Right. So in the time, in that period in which he was trying to weigh things up, he joked that, like, you know, he's not in his playing days anymore. He's, for all intents and purposes, retired. So he'd go out in the piss, and when he's having fun, it will be like, oh, yeah, on top of the world, I could play again. Yep. Yeah, actually, yep. Sounds really good. Go up to Brisbane, it's a bit warmer there, it's nice on the body. Is that when he signed? (laughs) No. No, no. What had happened was he would wake up the next day, and in the cold light of day, going oh, with the hangover. What, yeah, yeah. What am I? What am I thinking? Like this isn't. I don't think I'm keen for this at all. Right. So there'd be like a a process of like really weighing it up, and you know, two steps forward, one step back. Now I'm more worried about Louis leaving. Mm. What did he say? He or is it still? You think it's still raw or something like? No, I just I think nerve? it's something he doesn't want to talk about. He seemed pretty open about it on the night. Um, I think something something he said really stayed with me is the fact that the Hawthorne weren't quite expecting for both Mitchell and Lewis to be leaving at the same time. So the ball was rolling on Mitchell, and then that looked like happening, and then so that is the, that is the story we've heard. So he's yeah. So so Hawthorne reapproached Lewis and were like. Actually, we'd really love yeah, to say. we'd really love you to not go anywhere because <laughs> it looks like this is happening. And then Lewis is like, well, I've started exploring my options now. So the captain thing that, that, never, that about, never got mentioned. That's all, okay. I, I don't, don't know if that was the thing. Lewis didn't mention it. What he did mention was Hawthorne were quite keen to get into the Suns. Right. Yeah. What did we want back? This was part of the Omira deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Melbourne comes into the equation and Lewis looks at Melbourne and he's quite keen on that. They gave him three years. Yeah. So Hawthorne's now trying to stuff the worms back into the can. <laughs> and Lewis is like, well, actually... Hey, it's really good insight, though, isn't it? This, it I, is. It would have been a good night. Yeah, it was. Lewis is like, well, you've put the idea in my head now and I've started talks and you can't really, you can't really walk that back, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so Hawthorne, not one of their greatest moments in the past decade, but oh, well, that seems to have worked out alright. It's hard when champions have to go. Of course. Yeah. Speaking of awkward events from the past. This could be any number of things that were brought up. <laughs> <laughs> no, specifically uh, Sam Mitchell mm. hasn't often said much about his receiving of the Brownlow. Yeah, because it would be they, awkward. What did he get to choose? Ten of his best mates mm. to turn up. <laughs> Hodgie was up in Queensland yep. on a trip. With the with the Brisbane Lions and yep. Lewis was there, I think, and Ruffy was away in Malula Bar at the time. And yep, yeah, it was with weird. the with the rest of the Hawks yeah. that he would have liked there, but it wasn't to be. So he, he he expressed a lot of um, disenchantment at that. By the way, did he? Yeah, Mitchell wasn't happy that he couldn't have the people he'd probably desire to see him win it. Right, being Hawks players as well. I mean, he won the award at the time that he was with the Hawks. Mm. So, understandably, he would have liked some of the club's figures to be there. Was Don Scott there? Because he could have used these words. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> Not my opinion. That's just Sam's, all right? <laughs> uh, well, what do you want to know? Well, I mean, 
did he mention the the one you're not allowed to name? Oh, Job. Yeah. I'll try and nail this down with accuracy. I think while he was in Perth, he lived something like two doors down from Job Watson's sister or something like that, or some Crazy. relation. Yeah, so they have crossed paths, but they've never talked about it, which, of course, you wouldn't. I mean, why would you want to open that door? Like, you just, no, no way. You wouldn't be talking about it. But um, I've got your bro's brown line in the back. Apparently, he was the best, but then, like, he's a cheat, so, like, <laughs> not really. I guess, like, even if he wasn't the best, he wasn't the fairest. Let me just, so take, I guess you, that... let me just take you through stats from round one to round 12, <laughs> and then after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continue. Oh, well, I guess the thing that was surprising and most entertaining to me was uh, Mitchell talking about the kinds of things behind the scenes that led him receiving this Brownlow officially. Mm-hmm. So the AFL were keen for him to make a written submission as to why he should oh my God. deserve the Brownlow medal. No way. Way. Yeah, apparently this occurred. And Sam Mitchell said, uh, stuff you, basically. I'm not doing that. That sounds like a horrible thing to try and do. Yep. And you have to presume that Trent Cotchin would have had this as well. Right. This idea of... State your case. That's my, Why do you deserve to be a Brownlow medalist? That's my only sticking point, really. What's is that? that? They gave it to Cochin, and as a result of that, Richmond won premierships. What do you mean, as a result of that? Well, I just don't see them getting any enough ego to actually <laughs> rebuild the club without <laughs> that. Oh, maybe there's something to that. It can't hurt. It's a bit of a spark. Yeah, it is. But the idea of having to lodge a written submission... Oh, it's all about optics. Yeah. It's all about optics. Oh, they've forced our hand. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly... Mitchell basically said, look, this is not my problem. <laughs> I'm not doing that, so you got to work this out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought that was extremely ludicrous on the AFL's part. Um, it shows exactly the kind of maniacal beings running it. He had, a, he had a lot to say about it. I'm racking my memory. I know that he got a call from, like, Gil just one afternoon saying, like, congratulations, you're a Brownlow medalist. And it's like, oh, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> just, is there another way they could go down? I'm not sure, but, like, what a surreal, weird phone call that would be. It wrecks the award, really. Kind of. I mean, it's already ruined by the fact that, you know, he cheated. Yeah, that's what ruined it. Yeah, because it's not the AFL's fault. No, but they're navigating it in a very awkward fashion. Yeah. And then, you know, Sam Mitchell's talking about how he doesn't know really what to wear because by that by that time, he's the Eagles. So he's, you know, talking to Koch and being like, would you mind if we just wear that's like... That's right. You remember at the time, mm-hmm. the Eagles were celebrating the fact yeah. that he was a Brownlow medalist. Yeah. And Hawthorne was basically silent. Yeah. So Mitchell talks to Koch and is basically like, look, can we wear like a neutral suit? Because I don't want to wear Eagles colours. And if you're going to wear colours, well, it probably has to be the new club I'm with rather than Hawthorne. So if we could just not do any club affiliation and just go neutral, I would really appreciate that. Which obviously, Cotram was fine with that. But yeah, Mitchell, his emotion around it was like, well, I don't really want to arrive at the club show ponying that I'm a Brownlow medalist to these new kids. He wanted it to be like a fresh start and not, you know, parade around like he's the hot new thing. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. But uh, the AFL, like we said with John Peck, mm. they've awarded these things after the fact. Yeah. 
And they've done it far better than they did it for Koch and Mitchell. It just, the whole thing seems awkward. But you know what it is? Never happens if Essendon don't skirt around the rules. Cheat. That's, it could have all been avoided if they just had have done the right thing. Anyway, it was a good night. It was a good night. It was a long one, which is appreciated. Oh, really? Um, yeah. How was it? Did they have a compare there or how did it move along? So, yeah, they had um, a comedian do warm-up. A comedian, I use the word very generously. Yeah, but you have high standards. I don't, really. <laughs> Jimmy Carr. Okay, maybe I do. How many times have you interviewed him now? Twice. Not yeah. bad. Is yeah. he funny in real life? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's a gentleman and a scholar. He's a scholar. He's a very well-spoken man. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's very intelligent. Um, who else have I interviewed? Do you, do you want to go through it? or No, no. <laughs> I very, just remember that one. Very indulgent. Do you know Phil Jupiter's? Interviewed yes, Phil Jupiter's yeah. as well. Yeah, okay. Anyway, we move on. Uh, my point being, um, I could have done the MC role for this night. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the guy. You'll I've get actually, your chance, Chief. You'll I've get seen. Your chance. I've seen this guy before at other functions, incidentally, and he's a good MC. Can't remember his name. This Rav or someone, um, and he had some good questions. I think he handled the night pretty well. Um, and yeah, you, you know, there was like a two-course meal and a drinks package, and there was an interval and silent auction and all this stuff and. Yeah, the, the players seemed um, pretty good with their time. Like, they get up and get photos for with people in the breaks and, yeah. Oh, that's good, because sometimes they're um, quite officious about your access to the players. I think the thing about this event as well is, um, you know, really cashed-up punters could purchase a table with the player on it. Right. So um, there are certain people in particular that had, like, really good access and you know, would just spend the entire night just throwing questions at them about different things, which must be tricky. Harrowing? Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they'd be fine with it. It depends, Shutting it? it down? Well, it, it depends. Like, you know, there, there might be some nights where you do these things where you get a table where you just click with the people mm. and just you have really good chemistry with them and it's all fine. There'll be other nights where the players are just going, oh, oh my goodness, just think of the money. <laughs> Wait till this is over and we'll just leave immediately. But no, I, I didn't get that vibe from any of the four of them. It reminded me, sitting up there, those four players, it was quite a privilege to look at them and, and go, well, this is our Fab Four. There's tons, I'm sure, you know, I could talk about, but uh, I think they they were the most interesting things. I found the Brownlow stuff most interesting because it was about the inner workings of the AFL, which continues to mystify me. There's another rant I can feel coming on. Not today, but there, there's always another rant, mate. <laughs> now on to the next generation of champions. The new numbers have been announced. Did they announce it before the night? Or must have been very close. Before the Hawks reunion. Yeah. It was sandwiched between the AGM and the Hawks reunion. <laughs> so did, did Ruffy have anything to say about Mitchell getting his number? He did. He likes it. Succinct. Yeah. That's, <laughs> all, well, that's all you need to know. Well, he it, was his... Uh, it got brought up and there was a bit of applause around the room. Yeah, it's good. Yep. So Mitch Lewis in the two, we all get to wear our, our jumpers still. <laughs> it's fitting. It's fitting. Because, I mean, Ruffy was the mentor. Yeah. And uh, the switch to Mitch is complete, Tiz. Yeah, I like that tweet. Yeah. That's good. We called it. We called it from a long way <laughs> long out. long way out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here on this podcast. Now, he vocates the number eight, which is given to Sam Frost. That's right. Number 14. Yeah, Grant Birchall. Version 2.0. No surprise here. Jack Scrimshaw steps in the number 14. You picked that, I think. Oh, I can't be the only one. A lot of people would have said that. Now, I was quite happy with the next. If the shoey fits. 
John Patton. <laughs> John number Patton. 25. Number 25, indeed. Uh, number 27 I quite liked myself because I thought it was fitting that you know someone like Matt Spanger, a journeyman, had the number 27, three clubs, and Michael Hartley's done exactly the same. Third club. It, it's appropriate. Mm. It works. Yeah. Will Day gets the 30, which I felt odd about. You don't think he's uh, fitting for the Campbell Brown hard nut sort of role? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I think Peter Schwab wore it as well. Oh, right. Okay. It's an interesting number. Mm-hmm. I thought he would get a later number than that. True. Yeah. Uh, Finn McGuinness, the 32, mm-hmm. which uh, comes off Dave Mirror's back. Yep. And then Josh Morris with the 35, mm-hmm. which is uh, which has been a couple of lively small forwards in the past, certainly during the 80s. Uh, Emerson Jaker gets 39. Mm-hmm. That's just a holding pattern, obviously. And then Harry Pepper with the 42. George himself. So Cousins didn't move again. That's right. And Hanrahan didn't move. We heard from Al Stocks at Hawk Talk Pod. What are the thoughts on Hanrahan and Cousins not, in quotes, upgrading their jumper numbers? It's pretty well known that our club shows its thoughts on junior players by lowering their number. Do you think these guys just prefer their higher number? Uh, I think that's the case with Cousins. He was drafted at number 46. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea about Hanrahan. I want to know officially if that's the case. Because I've agreed with Al on this. I've thought that's been the mentality of the club, that upgrading is a ranking thing and it's in line with wherever their career's headed. Sentimentalities about yeah. former players. Yep. I mean, so it's hard to know. I don't know. I'd love to know on the record if it's an official thing. Because you look at someone like Hanrahan, it's like, well, he had a decent year. He's only played nine games. Sure, you have to play more than that to change your number. Well, that might be the case, but I don't know. So that's well, well, that's why I'd love to know what the case is. What do you think of the case that you should, whatever number you get, make it your own? The 15 is now Hodgie. Mm. The 33 is Cyril yeah. after the 9 was taken by Burgoyne. Mm. And Cyril decided that he didn't want to give up the 33. Number 23. We've heard from... Tim O'Brien. We've, has heard, made the well, we've heard from Dipper that he was prepared for Cyril to wear the 9 yeah. after Croft left. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, ideally, you're so good that you do make the number your own, right? I mean, isn't that just the ideal... Yeah, but why do they need to change? Well, again, yeah, that's why you have to ask the club. Just... Why do they need to change? Well, I mean, if they're all about merged... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad that Mitch Lewis is two, though? Doesn't it just seem right? The eight did look funny. you still got the five and three connection there. Mitchell's number five. Subtract Lewis number three <laughs> equals number two. <laughs> <laughs> We're just about wrapping up here. We've got some miscellaneous listener questions, though, before we get going. We heard from Judy at Hawk Talk Pod. Will Jack Scrimshaw and Jager O'Meara both get to play every match in 2020? No, there's a bye. <laughs> also, other clubs play. Smart ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're both best 22, would you say? Yeah, they are both best 22 now. I would, I would agree. So, I mean, ideally, they do. Um, but you just never know. Never know what happens. It's an odd question. It's, it's calling it from a long way out, that's for sure. Oh, I mean, if you get the number 14, you'd expect that they want you playing every game. Mm-hmm. Alex at Hawk Talk Pod. What round is the Hawk Talk podcast having a get-together? Some of us will be flying in from China and need to book ahead. It has to be the all-time classic where you, where you tell your Hawthorne mates you'll meet them. Easter Monday. Everyone has it off. Really good game to get to. Cheap flights from China, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe. Not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll work it out, Alex. But we don't have anything set in stone yet, but that seems like a leading candidate. Usually a bloody good game as well. 
It is indeed. We heard from uh, TJ41 at Hawk Talk Pod. I'm going there again because it simply has to be tabled for questioning. Is Tiz really Sam Pang incognito? Yeah, I'm the successful Sam Pang. Uh, <laughs> don't, barry for, <laughs> don't barry for Carlton. Yeah, Sam Pang wishes he was here barricking for Hawthorne. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the truth of it. No, I, I like that as a likeness. People have noted that you've got a very Sam Pang vibe to you. You don't think much of it? Well, I don't watch Sam a lot. Yeah, just, you're, you're just like, all oh, right. You sort of just take it in your stride. Washes over me. Yeah, fair enough. AFL for fans at Hawk Talk Pod. Last pod, Tiz said he was going to pick a team that can oh, beat shit. Richmond's ping pong style of footy. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Have yeah, you no. done that yet? No. <laughs> set aside for the Christmas break. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a lot of work. 2020 project. Um, uh, it involves you, some drafting. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's a lot of work. Try being Hawthorne. I'm working at it right now. Uh, I think that might do us for this uh, holiday edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. Are you sure? Aren't we going to give gifts? Are we going to have the exchanging of gifts that we usually have each year? You said explicitly not to get you anything. I thought we were better mates than that. <laughs> oh, thrown under the bus. <laughs> In the worst way. <laughs> Go on. What have you got then? Okay. All right. Hand me a book. It's called The Golden Brown Jubilee, The Story of the 61 Hawks. All right. Richard Allsop and Peter Haby. So Peter Haby of the uh, Hawks Museum, mm-hmm. which is um, going great guns. I noticed the membership from the AGM was very, very, it's just growing mm-hmm. all the time. It's now an official museum and uh, it's bloody good fun out there, actually. This book includes a uh, DVD as well so i think we should take some time like i said on the last podcast not many people watch the 61 (laughs) yeah you have mentioned that doesn't get enough love it doesn't and uh (laughs) we've got some connections on the board to the 61 premiership at the moment so in terms of the family club this is something that i think and i've got a copy we'll both read over the break and uh so what you've given me is not not so much more enlightened about the hawthorne not not so much a christmas present more homework yeah well this is one thing that's happened with the podcast. Yeah. Every time you read something on Hawthorne, it has become homework. <laughs> something I didn't think about when we began. No, that's that the true. The leisure would become work. Yeah. There's some truth to that, listeners, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> well, we're about four years deep now, and yeah, it's starting to become very apparent. No, it's enjoyable. Oh, it's all, but, it's all uh, good fun. I like less of, the, uh, less of the day-to-day news cycle and more of this kind of stuff. The right. long, long-term, long-view arc of Hawthorne and how we've come from nothing to be built up into this uh, monstrous club, which is going to have its own venue, the Kennedy Centre, mm-hmm. for all its training, and it'll be owned by us, yeah. which is terribly important because no one else in the league is going to have that. Mm-hmm. Imagine how financially stable we'll be with that. Can't wait. Can't wait. I think it's interesting because you're all about the history. I'm all about the here and now. So I think we complement each other on that. And I would be happy to dip back into the archives occasionally and get a bit of a history lesson from you. So, my gift. <laughs> Don't have one. <laughs> like I said, he threw me under the bus. And oh, just, I thought you were joking. It's not even really a gift. It's for the <laughs> podcast. It's, it's just shared for the podcast. <laughs> All right, what else have I got here? No. <laughs> no, you don't have anything. Nothing else. Is that really how we're going to end it? The no, greatest just... gift is material. It's friendship. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Oh, we've got that. You already have that. The, the iTunes, yes, I do. Rate and review us on iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind. Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Let's keep on building the community. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And here's the big one, patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. As you're listening to this, we will have given away three box sets. 
to three of our Patreon members. Yeah, so they'll be wrapped. Quite literally, they will be wrapped as they are Christmas <laughs> gifts. They'll be on their way. So, uh, I mean, that, that's awesome. We, we love doing that. I mean, it's great to be able to do something like that. And uh, it only happens through support of the podcast that you show to us through our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. So you're spending the uh, break with family? What you doing? I won't be headed up to Mooloolaba. No? No, I, I get all I need from the, uh, the official club feed. Yeah, there's some good videos, actually. I only need one. It's Jago Amira lifting weights. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Didn't know quite what to make of that one, did you? Not really. But have I... you seen it? No. Looks good. Between him and John Patton, yeah, I thought we were meant to have gun control in Australia. Oh. <laughs> happy holidays, Hawks fans. That'll do us, I think. <laughs> we are a happy David Hawthorne.